Yo, what's up, guys? It's the Nightwing at Way of Life Esports coming at you guys with another episode of Rift Insight Season 1, Episode 9. TSM are the 2020 LCS Summer Split Champions. So, I actually have TSM fans here. No, they're not crazy. They're not going to beat you up for your opinion. They actually are people I've known for quite a bit of time. So, I want to just ask you guys, as a question for when you first... Uh, saw the games and you, you got a chance to lift your trophy again. How'd you feel after winning after so long? Uh, honestly, I think it's just kind of, I expected it to occur not to be on, not to like be super like <laughs> egotistical or like kind of proud, but like, I don't know. It just seemed like the momentum was ridiculous, dude. Like there were so many game fives that were just like pushed through and like, you know, so many people, like, corroborated on this, like, over time, you know, with compounded interviews uh, across different players. Like, Bjerg has just been playing out of his mind. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I don't know. There was this long, like, time argument saying how, like, you know, Jensen and, like, PoE, like, were in debates that have been, like, better mids than Bjerg this, like, split. But I just don't see the evidence for that. Like, I mean... They've all played good in, like, their own rights, but I don't really see them as, like, that MVP tier player this season for their teams. I think the closest competition for Bjergsen was Jensen. And Jensen played really well all split long. Yeah. I think he played great. It's just that it's unfortunate Teal, like, being game five and 50-15 Baron when Dragon's up at 23 minutes. You know? Sometimes in life, you got to just throw. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know. I, I feel like the the... It was beyond just Bjergsen like playing a god like a god. I feel like Speaker really did step up. I owed him like a big apology. Like for I think the very beginning of the split, I was not happy that they didn't switch him out. I was like, I'm stoked he got double lift, but I was kind of like worried about Speaker. And you know, you could see a lot within like some behind the scenes takes uh, throughout the progression of the split. People were saying how you know. TSM, Bjerg, DL, and a couple other players were just super stoked about having Spika as a player. And mm-hmm. I really didn't see it at the beginning. I was kind of like, okay, well, I guess you guys are just being nice. But, like, over time, like, just seeing, like, how good he was with, like, the smite fights, his champion pool, like, all these things that, like, you would see out of a veteran player, I was really, really, like, I don't know, imp- really, really impressed, like, to say the least. Over What's time. up, Shinryu? How you doing, man? What's up? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Pretty good. You got, hey, you got it right. You called it right, man. You said TSM were going to win the whole thing. You got it right, man. I didn't want to be. Once T9 dropped out, I, I didn't care who wins. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, same here. Once you're, if I'm a traditional sports fan. Once my team is out, it's like, I guess, whoever wins, it doesn't matter at this point. I'm I'm a salty C9 G2 fan, and I'm, I'm I just love waking up at 5 a.m. in the morning just to watch G2 get absolutely destroyed by a Chinese team. But it's okay, it's okay. We learn how to move on from now. Uh, but OPTSM fan, how you doing, man? Uh, how, how how did you even think about TSM during the split, though? I haven't talked to you in a while, so I want to get your thoughts on TSM and uh, their progression with Spica over Dardock. You know, because Dardock happened, and Spica happened, and they won LCS. So it's like. Yeah, I am actually the exact opposite of QJ. I did not expect this to happen. Uh, after the Golden Garden series, uh, I 
was pretty confident they'd beat Dignitas, but that should be like a no-brainer. They're the actual eighth-place team. I mean, there are a lot of academy teams who are better than Dignitas. So, uh, I mean, it, it's just I, – I don't think, like, that's a huge thing to say. I just – they weren't really necessarily a great team. Yeah. Uh, but – and then on the rematch for Golden Guardians, I actually thought we'd lose that again because I think they matched up really well versus us because they – their bot lane was their strong side, and when Double Lift was having to take a back seat and we weren't playing towards top like we did in the finals, we had like no pressure on the map to either stack drapes or contest anything. And uh, our, some of our drafts were a little bit questionable during those series. The C9 one, you know, I, I, I didn't think they would win that one. Every, every series, really, I just kind of sold it short, short because there wasn't really anything I was like truly believing in because I guess I, I've while I'm glad TSM won as a TSM fan, uh, there was a lot of like flaws, like even in the uh, TL series, like why are we drafting Olaf, right? Like, is it just a comfort thing? Uh, you know, the Jace in the, in the finals, like, you know, we're not playing it correctly. We're not itemizing correctly. There are a lot of different things that like let me hold on for more. And FlyQuest and Golden Guardians were the only two teams that I felt like weren't handshaking with TSM to allow them to make the proactive play ahead of time while Team Liquid and C9 were kind of just like, well, we're going to do our thing while you do your thing and we'll just see what happens at objectives. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, overall, I think it's really good. I'm kind of upset that Bjergsen got MVP for the series. I think Spika should have gotten it, hands down. Uh, there were some moments that Cinder game from Bjergsen was not his best. Uh, Spika looked better through the entire thing. Uh, overall, I think, you know, it doesn't matter if you would have been first or second seed at Worlds because it's going to look really, really tough for TSM regardless. Ooh, it looks tough for all the teams. And um, we are in a, yeah. Yeah, this is the best region in the world. What do you mean, man? Come on. You got to hype us up when you can. <laughs> oh, that's it. Yep. Oh, for, for me personally, it, it's just that Bjergsen getting zillion so much during playoffs was just insane. Yeah, I think that's the other thing that made me not really believe is that a lot of things had to fall in place. Like we played almost like the third or fourth most amount of games that you could have possibly played in playoffs. Mm -hmm. And it came down to three teams in a row leaving a Bjergsen zillion, which I don't think is necessarily like one being punished in lane by anybody in North America. It shouldn't be as good on a like just a champion level as it is. And then it just, I think a lot of people don't want to make plays because they're like, oh, the zillion ult is there. And it's like, mm -hmm. well, like, why, why, why not go for the play on the AD carry who has cleanse? Because he has cleanse? No, you, you need to burn that and try to find an avenue within the window that's allowed. But they, it's, it seems like a lot of people are just so worried about that. And it, it, a lot of things had to fall in place for TSM mm -hmm. to win. And it did. So it was almost like like a storyline thing. The, the, <laughs> armor. the script is written by Riot. Kurzma <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, says, at least Fly didn't leave it up for game five. Oof. Mm. 
So let's kind of recap what happened. So TSM played Team Liquid to start off before they even got to FlyQuest. So what were your guys' initially initial thoughts on TSM versus Team Liquid? Doublelift getting his revenge against his former squad. Liquid actually looked pretty solid. I didn't really notice too many bad things. I mean, their indecisiveness, and then they make brash calls that don't make any sense. Like in the Game 5 where they... 50-50 Baron, when there's no need to, you could just go take drag when you had vision priority right there. You could have taken it and then potentially set up for Baron. And then there was the other games where TSM in the series are on the other side of the map in, like, game... Was it game three? Trying to take a tier two? I was like, what is even going on? Like, how did Team Liquid lose the series, though? And then later on, TSM brought it back. And then overall, uh, do you guys think it's better for Team Liquid to now be in the playing stage? I personally do. Um, I mean, playing the stage is pretty much it'll, it'll get you prepped, and for them having a rookie and tactical, I mean, rookie, whatever you want to say, he played some games last split, or yeah. But I think it'd be good to get some. It's always just good practice. I mean, C9 showed that it's been good practice previously, where they were the third team going in, and it worked out for him. Core JJ posting. <laughs> I think the playing stage would be good for TSM. <laughs> I love and it. now he's in there. Holy crap. But Triple, uh, your team, sadly, got second place. But you guys are going to Worlds. You guys are going to Worlds. You, you, you got it to game five. You know, when it got to game three, I was like, oh, my goodness. They could potentially get swept right here. So what was your initial thoughts going into the series, though? Did you really think that T FlyQuest could have pulled it out at the very end? I felt like it could go either way because um, it's just like it's it's only five games, you know, and even when you're down 2-0, it only really takes a couple games to just pull it all back to back to even, you know, which is what happened. They're at 2-2, and at that point, it's just the best of one. Um, mm -hmm. you know, anything can happen, and I guess TSM, like the momentum really did matter in this situation. Mm-hmm. Because um, from going to getting 3-0 by Golden Guardians in week one to just sweeping everyone in the lower bracket and then winning the finals, I have to kind of like, um, I can't help but feel like, you know, it's it's because of this new format mm -hmm. that takes so long. This whole playoffs took, I believe, around a month, which is pretty much half the regular season. And through that time, you can, you can kind of probe the meta a lot and... Kind of change their picks, which they did. You know, obviously, it's because Shen, um, he played like a perfect facilitator role to his solo laners. Um, and yeah, I feel like for Team Liquid in, in play ins, that's actually going to help them a lot. Like, much like what TSM had through this playoffs run. Hmm. Because initially for me, I think the playing stage, as I said before, is a double-edged sword. You do get to get off the rust of not playing for an entire month. You're playing against teams you don't play all the time, so you're learning how teams around the world are playing. Even though they're wildcard teams, they still are adding in something different you haven't seen. Most likely, generally, their laners just do different things. They contest different things at certain times. They play off objectives differently. And I think for teams like Team Liquid, specifically with players like Jensen and Corey JJ, who I think, like, need a boost before they play the main stage. It's imagine like you being a new basketball player, someone just throwing you in the, in the deep end saying, go play against LeBron James right now. You're like, what? Can I warm up? <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that warming up for specific teams like TSM or Team Liquid might actually be a pretty good thing. Now, 
it depends on who do you think needs to warm up more, Team Liquid or TSM. Because when, you, when you're factoring in, like, the group stages, most people don't have NA, like, at least on Reddit and, like, on, you know, the, the league community, most people don't have NA winning anything. Not even a game. I, I think to win a game, it's best of once, obviously. But I want to know what you what you guys think. Do you think NA has any chances to win any game specifically at Worlds outside of the playing stage for whoever Team Liquid since they'll be in there? I mean, if any NA team gets to play against, like, whatever team is like either Talon or super massive that comes out from uh, play in stage or Machi, they can win those games. But outside of that, it's going to be, it's going to be tough sledding. I think, you know, the Chinese teams, which are the ones that most people think is the best region in the world, that every, uh, every group will have at least one Chinese team barring that LGD gets out, which I'm pretty sure they will of play ins and uh, they all get to stay there so they're already you know there's there's a lot of uh comfort they're not having to you know no jet lag no no adapting to new stuff just the bubble that they're putting in place is this yeah. all for the format the format of the lcs how it's structured is just mm, does this make our teams better for worlds like at the end of the day because still before world starts you're still taking a month break and the yeah. meta changes too yeah that that month i think is just going to change everything because so they're playing the on 10.9, right? Evolving. What's yeah. the patch right now? Is it? I think they're yeah. playing on 10.9. They're going to go 10.19 for the, 10, for the 19, world patch. Yeah. The new Swordsman champion is not... Yone is not... Which is really, really sad. Why? It's going to be a... It's a month! Right, what are you doing? <laughs> it's a that month! Is like one of the most fun champs to play and watch. Like, yeah. somebody on, like, show, like, Showmaker on that champ. Apparently, that's what was one of the biggest complaints from a lot of the rioting um, employees and people who work with Riot. They were like, "How can you not allow that champion at Worlds?" I mean, it's like it's actually like three and a half patches removed because he was on ten sixteen, I think, and then the, yeah. the middle patch came out, and then seventeen eighteen, and then they're gonna play on nineteen. So it's yeah. a, it's kind of sad, especially when the mid lane pool this year is absolutely stacked, barring depending if it's like. BDD or Faker that comes from LCK third seed as well. Jared asks, Triple, what is your thoughts on OPL teams at Worlds? With the one they get. Um, <laughs> they get legacy. Yeah, it's Legacy. They got Legacy. Year, yeah, they got Legacy. Actually, two of my old teammates there. One guy from my old Academy team as well. Um, I don't know, honestly. I think Os has been taking a hit recently just from... All the players leaving and there's like been funding cuts or whatever mm-hmm. so i'm not actually too sure i haven't kept up with the scene but what i do know is that since the vietnamese teams can't go to worlds now mm-hmm. um there's been a format change i don't know if you guys have seen this but mm-hmm. it's now two two groups of five and you only have to come top four to make best of five stages in plans so two i think groups of five yeah yeah, yeah a... in plans they're like the pool one seeds are all okay. the major regions. Okay. And then pool two is all the uh, minor regions, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have two pool one seeds in each group, and then three pool two seeds in the rest of them. And as Triple was saying, the number one seed in each group gets automatically qualified to the group stage. The bottom seed gets taken out, and then the other ones go to the knockout stage and make that work. So there's just so so much more room for error now because you only need to beat one team 
out of the other four teams. <laughs> you just have to be less shitty than one. You just have to be less yes. shitty than one team. Which oh personally I have God. struggled with, but um, uh, <laughs> I, I will say best of fives are like a completely different dynamic. Like as you have mm-hmm. seen in NLCS playoffs, um, and I don't think like. Yeah, that's the thing with the LCS format is like it, it doesn't prepare you for best of fives as well. It's not like you're playing LCK where you're constantly playing best of threes, you know. Um, we're playing best of ones here. But anyways, going back to like the world thing, yeah, I think all they need to do is not shit the bed against one one team, and then dude, win a, mammoth win a last five, year, right? Mammoth last year wasn't that bad. They were not that bad. The issue yeah, with I mammoth. Think- Honestly, I think if we had this format last year, we would have made it. But that's just me. Mm. And last year, we also had Clutch losing to Unicorns of Love. Uh. <laughs> yeah, they, they griefed us like twice by losing to them. <laughs> uh, but um, so with TSM winning, do you, as most people throughout history are, are going to remember this, were they the best players in every single position outside of like Bjergsen? Mm. Double from Balfrost were, I, I guess they were a solid bot lane. Overall, Double played a lot better as the split went on. Broken Blade became more of a carry threat because there wasn't really care like a carry-oriented top laner, as I saw that was like a, a traditional carry from North America. This this specific split, you know, that was kind of like forgotten about outside of maybe Licorice Wukong. And then you had Spica who got better as the season progressed, but you know, I'm still kind of undecided at how he'll play in worlds, so. So, are you, is your question? Do we think that each member of TSM is the best at their position in yes. America? Yes. No. No. Can I talk on that? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't really feel as though they're the best in their positions. Like to be honest, the only player who I can say, like, you know, Surefire is the best at their position, or at least can say it, like, arguably was the best of their position, is Birik. Of course, we kind of already talked about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um. The only other pe- person I can say on their roster who is at least top two, I would say, is Broken Blade. And the only reason I can say that is because, you know, a lot of people are going to say he was the best top in the region. But I think that really just comes down to the fact that Licorice, like, digressed at such a level. Someday didn't have a team, of course, which, you know, everyone knows about. <laughs> and fucking uh, Solo just got, like, triple dicked like in that whole series <laughs> all those top laners or they you know they have their own like exterior like factors that came into play with their performance um and then of course i think the other thing that sets tsm apart from other teams in, in na is you know they're the only team outside of maybe c9 that adopts that whole like you know opl or not opl sorry lpl play style of you know looking for these like a high tempo plays in the early game to you know have a good progression mm-hmm. into the mid game. So correct me if I'm wrong. The cop they put against C9 in their first game where they beat them with Lucian and Evelyn did that come from an LPL team? Because I remember watching that in an L, like in the LPL. Okay, they've been running, they've been running Lucian mid. And okay. Evelyn uh, jungle. Uh, I think Gomwan ran Evelyn jungle too because I'm pretty sure I saw a Canyon going in one shot. Yeah, you're right. I remember that. Like, so, like, I like that TSM were able to adapt that. You know, they saw a better team doing it, so they took it and they were able to obviously win some games for it in playoffs. I like that. You know, it's, but because back in the day when I was first watching the LCS, it was like a sin to like imitate the best regions. I never, and I never even understood that. Like, if there's better players doing something better and they're better than you, 
there's nothing wrong with you trying to mold that into your own playstyle. I've never even understood why that was a bad thing. You know, because, uh, like... Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the whole reason why C9 had so much success. You know, it was already talked about a couple of times in the spring split. You know, Nesky was mm -hmm. saying in interviews countless times how he was trying to emulate D&B. And then, you know... Look where that got him. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, is Niski was doing it too much. Like, he was doing it so much to the point where, like, if Labra didn't show up, then he wouldn't show up either. Because he was just linking the mid-jungle 2v2 to such an extent where... Basically, the Niski-Blabber dynamic was, like, split 50-50. So it's like if one of them didn't, you know, compete or produce, then they weren't mm -hmm. able to, you know equate to one complete player <laughs> so that was like a problem tsm are the champions but let's talk about flyquest so flyquest got second place so uh, what are you guys' general thoughts on flyquest now because even still when they were doing really well people still kind of underrated them myself included i'm not gonna lie to you guys you know i'm always very very upfront with my opinions i still un underrated them i didn't have them winning the split actually i had tl winning the split but you know hmm. uh so flyquest right now i think people like I don't know what what what's it about being a weak side player that makes you super strong. Like you could be a good weak side player, but against the LPL and the LCK teams with stronger weak side players, you're still gonna lose unless they're coming up with some genius strat that's gonna cover up these glaring weaknesses in some of our teams. I just want to get your guys' opinion on that. Being a strong weak side player, like, is there any real benefit to that other than you just losing gracefully? Well. The thing about playing weak side is you free up resources for the rest of your teammates and you free up pressure. So it's like, it's okay for you to be a weak side, like top, for example, of course, it's like the, the biggest like weak side position in any that happens like the most often. Um, it's okay for you to be the weak side top laner, but like, you know, your team has to take all that pressure that you're absorbing on that side of the map and doing things on the opposite side. But if you're a team like one of these other teams that are playing, you know, farm and scale and like you know just conservatively like pressure mm -hmm. and uh fixate on like dragon stacking then that's probably not the best if you're going against a team that's putting all their resources into putting your top behind and you're not really doing anything to counterbalance that against a team that's you know taking all that pressure henry coleman i think tsm won primarily because they played through broken blade some of the strongest top players in the world are weak side players, in my opinion. Alfari 369, for example. Alfari is a pretty good weak side player. Sucks that Origin, you know, uh, completely collapsed from the inside out. <laughs> but you guys, <laughs> you guys know these two players can play, like, super strong side as well. Like, they can be carry top lanes, too. I've seen 369 play jerks. Yeah. 369 plays carries, too. Mm -hmm. yeah. But when you think of fly, it's like... I feel like Solo might need to touch up his tempo a little bit. Um, just because, like, you never really see him play super strong side unless he's on a champion like set or something, which is mm -hmm. kind of rare to see top lane now anyways, given how hard it is to get a draft. Yeah. Um, and I think top against, like, LPL teams and stuff, you, you're going to get mm -hmm. really exploited, and, like, that's already a lose condition open up Cap charisma says impact does well in na as a weak side top laner yeah but that that's the point yeah, i was bringing up though that is going to some somewhere in the kink of all that the top teams that are going to world 2020 are going to obviously exploit that at some point like being yeah. a weak side player is not bad the issue here is that's like a band-aid solution for certain players and when that gets like that band-aid gets peeled off i mean what else you got 
That's what I'm kind of worried about. It's yeah. not that being weak star player is bad. It's that you got to bring something else to the table, though, because these other better players are bringing that with something else, with also stronger players. That's it's kind of the point I'm getting at. It's all about the macro and, like, making sure that you equal out. You have to counterbalance these plays. So if you're going to play weak side and you're taking all that pressure, you're getting fucked over on the top side of the map, that's fine. But your team has to send resources to bot lane or mid lane mm-hmm. to make sure they're pushing another type of advantage to keep you equal. But the team, the thing is, is the weak side like players, their teams are playing non proactively, so they're like, oh, okay, sure, we're gonna put you on weak side I, to scale. I also think gonna... it's just something we've seen mm-hmm. in NA that is kind of just yeah. the weirdest thing that you know, like your jungle is bot lane. And you haven't seen their jungle, and you're playing weak side because of the position of the players on your team, not necessarily to the structure of your comp. And then you go for these trades to either feint that you know, mm-hmm. you know, you you have something, or like you you know that your jungle is bot, or he's even shown bot. But you do this when you're not respecting just the state of the map. And I think a lot of NA will have trouble with that. I think Impact is probably the only air quote weak side top laner that we have that can and has consistently at mm-hmm. international events, whether it's through Team Liquid or on Cloud9, has held his own because of the way he manipulates the wave and the way that he respects the enemy jungler can be top, especially when he is weak side through the numbers. But, you know, talking about uh, what Triple was saying, 369 definitely can play carry. Mm-hmm. He has. Zoom is, like, known for his gangplank. And that's, like, a... Pri- like a uh, uh, top tier like JDG, JDG, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then last yeah. year, even Gimgoon for FPX, even though they're not there this year, Gimgoon was considered a weak side top laner so much that they brought in Khan this year, and then eventually <laughs> yeah. moved to Gimgoon playing the Fiora and stuff that we would associate normally with Khan. And I think that's to your point is that the flexibility of for NA teams is not necessarily there if it does become a carry top lane meta. Mm-hmm. at Worlds, uh, like it is for these LPL, LCK, even the LEC teams. I think every LEC team minus maybe like Rogue and Mad are like teams that you can count on for like Whippo and Wonder to be able to turn it on if possible. But, you know, Mad and Rogue kind of fit more of the that Team Liquid Cloud9 mm-hmm. mold that we've seen in the past where it's like they have a fine style, they're really, really good at it, but if that doesn't work then they're just kind of SOL. I think personally, actually, TSM, if it's a carry meta, that's TSM's. That's fucking their saving grace. I think they're going to do that mainly just because I think Double Lift is for the first time probably going in a world where he admittedly is not going to be the focal point of his team's identity. Now, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I think think it's a good thing. I think okay. it's a good thing. I mean, look what they did with, I mean, <laughs> RIP solo, but like you saw what they did. They, just, they did what FPX did to G2 in the finals. Yeah. Doom B would push the wave in. He wouldn't use TP because he was playing Nautilus. And they would just go destroy Wonder. I'm just worried about some of the picks that are going to be set up for nerfs. Like Caitlyn, Senna, uh, Azir, and TF are all coming up for nerfs on the Worlds patch. And every single one of those champions is a TSM pick. And the Caitlyn, especially the Senna, is like primary weak side bot lane safe pick scales into late mm-hmm. game. Double lift, you know, has an affinity for it right now. And 
the TF was like the defining pick of the entire series for Fly versus TSM, in my opinion. Because without that, you know, you're not making those same plays with Camille Gallio, probably. Mm -hmm. So, but for FlyQuest, the thing with FlyQuest, from what I've always seen throughout this iteration of their roster, is Ignar and Power of Evil bring so much to the table. Power of Evil is super stable, doesn't generally always lose his lane. He's sometimes more or less so from my scene, always winning it. Then you have Ignar, who constantly is on playmaking supports, who constantly tries to up the tempo of the game. But then there's Santorin. It's kind of weird. How will a player like Santorin fare in Worlds? That's the interesting part of it, because he's so integrated to how stable they are. So they've actually had really good, like, they've been doing what Cloud9 were doing the first half of the split, which was really, yeah. like, innovative level one strats. And I think that's actually how, like, if you look at, like, last year's Worlds, Blabber outjungled the living shit out of Biancos in the early game. Mm-hmm. So if they can do that, and they still like to play scaling comps anyways, Power people's almost always on some scaling champ. <clears throat> if they can just touch up the mid as well, like or their early game, and keep doing these innovative level one strats and stuff like that to keep themselves in a good spot, I think they'll be fine. Honestly, I will. I I think actually, I think Centaurin is actually the one player outside of. Uh, like Power of Evil that I'm not worried about on FlyQuest. I'm actually more kind of worried about Ignar. I think like you'll see him make his standard plays, but like I, I f from a draft standpoint, I was really concerned when they were like, "Hey, let's get this Caitlyn priority pick," and you're like, "Ah, oh, yeah, makes sense. That's really really good." And then two games they put Caitlyn with Pantheon, yeah, and Pantheon is like. Ignar's comfort and it's cool and you can kind of match the TF or the global, but you you pick Caitlyn for lane and then Pantheon's roaming half the time. I don't know yeah. how I necessarily feel about that, especially when Solo's you know just getting Mollywop top lane. Uh, that that the the champion pool for Ignar is what I feel can be exploited even more by better teams at Worlds because. Maybe they let him have his thresh, or they, you know, let you know go play Rakan. We know how to beat that, you know, as opposed to NA, where it's like Rakan for some reason is this giga OP champion that can never like gets out of lane for free and can do all the stuff. But uh, I think Centaur will be good because he'll be he'll be reminiscent of what I believe we've seen of like Smithy in previous worlds. He's just consistent. He's tracking the jungler and he's just trying to you know be there at the right time as opposed to, like, forcing the issue, like we've seen from, like, the Blabbers or any other of these junglers. Henry Coleman has a question for Triple. I'd like to know Triple's thoughts on Ryoma and if he still thinks he's a great player, as he was hyped up to be. I touched on this last week, if you remember. Um, yeah. I think I think Ryoma's champion is really defined. So there's, there'll be metas where he's good. There'll be metas where he's bad. But, um... But for the most part, he's good at playing these carry midlaners like Akami, like Aurelia, like LeBlanc. So he, you, you've kind of seen a glimpse of it um, this year, but I wouldn't say he's shown his full potential. And that's kind of because <laughs> I think the pressure of like, I don't know what the pressure is, but maybe <laughs> the fans, maybe NA, maybe it's Org, maybe you have to play someday, you know, like now you actually have an actual carry on your team. Um, but all this uh, kind of leads to him just playing like a supporty kind of Zoe role where 
he just picks Zoe and gives up <laughs> CS and just groups with his team. But before it would be like his whole team plays around him, like he'd carry with he'd carry with the Kali. And I think um yeah, the teams just haven't really unlocked him. Um Yeah. And someone mentioned it last week as well, but it was like um maybe they should just give like one scrim set, you know, where they just play around him exclusively. And maybe, yeah, maybe you can see yeah, more potential yeah, that yeah. way. Mm-hmm. But it's hard for me to say because uh, I haven't played I, him in a long time. I, I, I'd like to ask a question for you, Triple. Is that, and I know it's derailing from like the TSM and the whole world with Flying TL, but it seems that my the problem it, that alluding to worlds that we're talking about, NA teams have a set style that they run and that it works here. But since we don't, let's take 100 Thieves, right? And they don't try these things out with Ryoma um, to try to put him in a position to carry because they identify that someday is their guy, right, that can try to carry. We'll put him on Aatrox or whatever. I think overall that does a disservice for the entire league because then you're like, okay, I just need to formulate a plan for this team as opposed to, like, what's best in the meta? Because then you see some people banning the Olafs and stuff. It's like, well, why are we banning? It's not good right now. And I think yeah. that's going to lead to problems at Worlds when you see the only team that has had success at Worlds in recent memory was Cloud9, and they've always been very good about playing around rookies, whether it's Blabber or Licorice, because they play to their style, and then they realize what their limits are. If more teams would do that, I, I think, and to pose it as a question for everybody else now, Mm-hmm. We need to see more teams do that, which is kind of what I guess maybe a little bit of what TSM did with not trying to play through double lift and then putting Broken Blade on champions that are carries. Even if it falls flat at Worlds, I mean, they're trying something a little different. They know mm-hmm. Bjergsen can play the Akali and the, you know, Aurelia. We, we saw him pull out Silas, which will be getting mm-hmm. a slight buff next patch. But I think that's the biggest problem with teams from NA at Worlds is that the orgs and the infrastructure of LCS is so rigid to where they're not trying to, uh, you know, they told us when uh, franchising happened that there would be more ability to try out new things and new players <laughs> and new strategies because they'd be able to afford it. They but lie. We, but we've, <laughs> we've seen more and more yeah, yeah, a rigidness and an unwillingness to change to try to get the best results. I mean, I loved it from Golden Guardians when they said, forget Froggen, we're putting DeMonte in. Now, DeMonte is someone like Ryoma who has a really, really set champion pool of champions mm-hmm. that he's really good on, but they played to that strength and then enabled FBI, another, you know, Oceanic player, right? Like, they're, I, I don't think that, you know, there's a lot of people who say, oh, Oceanic players, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, these guys are good. They're, they're here for a reason. And they're, they're LAN players that are really good. They're pl- people that will see CB them. Law has some good players, actually. CB Law. I mean, yeah. yeah. INT, I think, honestly, if you're looking as an NA org to get any of these, like, small import rules, like, look at Supermassive with, like, Zeitnot for AD carry next year and stuff like that. I remember or, like, Zeitnot. He's actually, he's actually pretty good. Or I like Zeitnot. really good, yeah. Yeah, or a Hanasik from UOL that everyone, like, fell in love with last year, you know? Like, these are... These are great. I mean, Closer was on the TCL team, Royal. And yeah, it's, that's crazy. Him. Remember, Demonte 3 0 him at Worlds last year, and now they're teammates. That's yeah, so, so weird. I, mean, like, I, I think getting just back to Worlds and to try to wrap up my, mm-hmm. my little thing is just that 
if more teams are willing to experiment in that, especially when now that spring foot doesn't matter, uh, <laughs> it, it will overall better the scene as opposed to looking for results as a way to either appease the fan base, which I don't think is really a big part about it, or mm -hmm. just to have like job security from some of these coaches. Because the one thing I saw on Twitter afterwards was that a lot of people were praising the improvement of TSM's drafts throughout the lower bracket run. And it's because they had their academy coach come in to help them with so their I, draft. I, 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 if I could, how, how would you say it? Angels advocate? Devil's what if, oh. what, if, what if they tried that and they saw how strong the player was though? Like what if before the the split starts, they tried to play around the player in a set of scrims and they saw his peak at that moment in time. Then what do you do after that? If they did this, I'm not saying they didn't or not. What if they did this and they saw how good he actually became? Perfect example though is Golden Blue. Everybody refers to him as a scrim god, and then on stage he's he's like a middle of the pack, middle of the pack mid laner. He can see like everybody. He's a nice guy. <laughs> everybody talked about like how in scrims, like this dude would just fucking smash everybody. Like he was a scrim god, and then on stage it's like, oh, Golden Blue. I mean. He's a, he's a decent. He's not bad. Not not great. Not bad. Okay. Well, hey, that's like one of the rare times they've actually done it, though, right? It, it makes me think, why would you pick these players up if you're not going to play around them? You know, that's like, maybe you should just pick someone else up then. Like if me. you're not going to play that style. Yeah, like you. Like, maybe you can play Galio really well. <laughs> I'll run it down someday, hard, you know? bro. I'll go 0-7-0. But, <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, yeah, like, uh, I don't know if these teams are doing this scouting work because if they did they would know that these players you should just play what they're good at no well i think i think there's that like play what you're good at because like obviously like we're talking about like someone like solo who's his champion bull he's playing what he's he's good at right and yeah. I, I mean yeah even yeah. though i know uh, but i think there should be from an organizational standpoint there should not be this, okay, we have this player, this is their identity, and nothing else, right? <laughs> if it calls, like, 80 carries, I think, are the easiest to make happen, because, like, if it's a supportive 80 carry meta, if it's, like, Sivir and Ash and Jin, they kind of have to play that role. It's what happens, because the 80 carry will always do that. Or if it's Kaisa and Zaya, or if it's Ezreal and Aphelios, or whatever, who's getting buffed, and I don't want to see Aphelios, really. But, um, they have the easiest one of molding, but you should do that with all of your players, with your jungler, with your mid laner and your top laner. But I feel like the orgs have this yeah. idea of like, that is the perception of the player and there's no development coming to try to uh, unhinge or unlock or expand upon being able to move that because they're worried about results. Yeah. Um, two huge examples of this I can think of. The, the top of my head is like, Remember when Viper got subbed out for Solo on FlyQuest? And mm -hmm. Solo's champion pool is just like, Annie's playstyle is like a much better fit for the FlyQuest team. Much like Speaker and um, subbing him out. I mean, subbing Dardock out to put Speaker in is like, this guy playing the Shen, playing like tanks. Um, it kind of just fits into the team, like the glue, you know? And um, sometimes that's what you need. Sometimes you need flexible players in top and jungle i think those two roles are probably the most like yeah dynamic i, I suppose yeah, i think I that's what set tsm apart this season too mm. like, yeah speaker's willingness to try new crap was or even you saw the 
Bjergsen, Malachi, Set, and Fiddlesticks, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess he could throw mid Milan in there too. It's like some more. They're probably like, Nautilus, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess we're sending some strong teams to Worlds, guys. Get hyped. You guys are dead inside. <laughs> you guys are actually dead inside. <laughs> Holy crap. Honestly, I think NA can I think depending on who's in the groups, I think NA can actually make it out. I don't know who I would say would make it out, but I don't think LEC is as strong as everybody hypes them up to be. I think you got like G2, like G2, obviously. Then everybody else. I've seen everybody else. Honestly, I'm not. Yeah. Are you guys really about? So, so that'll be our next topic is the LEC. But I want to close out this one quick before we go to the LEC. Is um, mm-hmm. Team Liquid, I think they need to play in stage for players like Jensen, players like Core JJ, who are dependent on like modem. What momentum, right? I said modem. Holy crap. I'm old, guys. I'm an old man. Momentum. They're not, de- they're not dependent on broadband. They're dependent on modem. <laughs> <laughs> modem. They don't need the routers. They need the oh, like, <laughs> Well, Wild Total had to change places. Wait, what was the thing? Because I was at work when that happened. Like, Wild Total had to like, change places or some shit. Uh, his power went out because of like the heat in LA. And then so he had to go to the facility where they okay. were at because they were separated for COVID. And that's why it took so long. So he had to drive the whole way and then get reset up and everything. Why did they just cancel the series, though? Right? Oh, what are you doing? <laughs> no, you don't. You don't cancel it. Oh, God. Bad, though, obviously. Uh, they should have just made it a best of seven, then. Just give the teams both the games. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but overall, I think Team Liquid will need to play in stage. I think they'll actually develop better with it. TSM, hey, throw them into the deep end with Canyon and Yigal. See what happens there. Or Well, TSM is first seed, so they can't verse Canyon. Oh. They can't verse Dom Juan, They can't verse Top. And they can't go against G2. Hey, TSM's got a shot. TSM Dream Group is TSM Sooning Machi Esports. <laughs> oh, no, no. TSM Sooning Rogue and then Alan. <laughs> That's the Rogue. Oh, dude, that'll be Rogue. Everybody the, t- the, Rogue, the Rogue matchup Rogue people meet on last year. Rogue versus TSM. That's the most hyped matchup for the group stage day one. Uh, that, that's the dream group for TSM. Because everyone they, wants to see it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, last question on the LCS, and we'll go. Spica's Shen was actually wild. Landed that three-man taunt. You have to be practicing. He landed all the smites. His jungle Shen was really good. That Baron he stole in game four against Liquid. That was really good. He really improved. He really improved. He should have been nowhere near that fucking Baron, though. They literally yeah. let him walk up. The Caitlyn traps. The Caitlyn yeah. traps. Oh my god. My man literally uh, just crit walked up to him. Yeah. him. I feel it, it, he's leveled up over the course. He had some really bad smites in the earlier part of the series in the playoffs. But the Shen, yeah, you know, it came came from uh, one of the EU regional leagues. They pulled it out like the uh, pole. Oh, he, didn't, the he didn't invent it? No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, and they invented okay. something? What's I thought, like, he came up with this big and Yanko's No, and they ain't doing oh, that no, shit, no, bro. No, I mean, like, <laughs> funny because, like, then G2, like, referenced that they watched LCS, and that's why they picked okay. it up. Oh, but, yeah. Really, yeah. We're getting really, there, boys. We're getting there. But, uh, <laughs> it was the LEC regional team, the, okay. one of the Polish teams, their jungler. I forget who it was, but he, he pulled it out. Uh, and Speak is definitely a guy who would be – like watching that stuff and trying wacky stuff and everything, you know. He needs the Skarner into Evelyn matchup. He does, you know. He so 
I would never watch. I don't watch those originals. So if I picked up Shen, I didn't. I wouldn't have even known. But I mean, <laughs> River River Shen. I mean, that's been a. I mean, I mean that's not a that's not a valid. I mean, it wasn't a valid pick until recent. But like, it was a whole ass meme last year. So I'm not River <laughs> Shen. Honestly, it's a really good pick though, because. Mm-hmm. Instead of giving up topside another so uh, like side lane, instead of giving mm-hmm. up pressure there, you're coming from who knows where, making this one v one a two v one, or you playing TF, you're making yeah. it a three v one. You're adding more utility than playing. You're just adding in more utility because you're playing the set jungle, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. You guys know, um, there's been a duo in Hyla Silky playing Shen Yumi bot lane. That sounds the disgusting. Yumi follows you when when the Shen ults. <laughs> it's actually that'll make it a that's three. Pretty retarded. Bro, that's, that's, can- that's literally cancer. <laughs> Taunts and Yumi slowing you. I get dude, that sounds unfun. That sounds yeah, literally yeah. unfun to play against. I think that's a Loki sleeper combo right now. <laughs> not not bot lane, but like Shen anywhere plus a Yumi, I think. Yeah. I just think it's funny that uh I mean me and my buddy rolled fucking Sona Lux bot because it was like a ungodly win rate it was like 62 percent or some shit like that it was fucking stupid it was the most busted yeah. comp you could run and our mid was like oh we have two supports bot game over <laughs> and we won. Like, supports are strong dude <laughs> support team, strong. Yeah. all right so that's the na teams guys uh tsm's gonna win worlds as you know reginald's gonna make it happen he's gonna yell at them when they're playing up against damn one in the very finals he's like you know what beerson sub out reginald walks out there on the stage gets in the chair he's like beerson i got this i pay your bills Luxon said <laughs> yeah yeah walks lo- lo- <laughs> in karthus mid runs it <laughs> oh, oh my god. Just imagine TSM in the finals against Danwon. Just imagine. You know what's it. so funny though? Hell. <laughs> I don't want to imagine that. Yeah. The world world must have been shit if there's you're, TSM with now the next two years of NA getting 3-0'd by LCK instead of LPL 3 0 and LCK. Hey, I'll take so, it because then I don't have to hear LEC greater than NA. <laughs> yeah. Every, uh, so that's the LEC. G2 beats Fnatic again and again. And again and again, Fnatic won, and then again and again because G two are now the what eight time LEC champions. They they they, they 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 did a team liquid back to back to back in one era of EU, then back to back to back to back in another era of EU. That's that's just crazy to think about. They won four back to back titles in two different eras of Europe. That's just insane. Uh, Fnatic did beat G two before this, but if you're like me and like you you're a fan of the team. We didn't like come on that that series was kind of like Nemesis solo and caps. Caps kind of throwing on his LeBlanc pick. This week I, I thought they were gonna play a lot better against Fnatic if they actually played against Fnatic, but they played really bad against Rogue. G2 played astoundingly pretty bad against Rogue. Rogue played real well in our series. And, and it's just sus because at the end of the day, I, I I think it's just player difference at that point. It's not that sk- it's just that they have the better players. And that's just sometimes what it comes down to. Then it then they face Fnatic and the series was a 3-0, but watching it, it didn't really feel like a 3-0. I mean, game three did, but, you know, the first two games were pretty close, actually. So, we guys watched this. Never lock in Zillion ever again. We <laughs> 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 should never lock in Zillion ever again. Dude, two straight finals against Fnatic. This man runs it down. Last that split, was... he was tanky. He was playing, what, Orin and fucking Zach dying 0-3 in lane. This... Playing Zillion game, what? Like, what are you doing? Are you actively trying to lose your job? What's well, going so like on the here? thing that made it worse was like 
you know, normally you're not using your ult on yourself. You're using it on a more important carry, theoretically speaking. He would just run into the team, have to ult himself, and then I think that game they were running Hecarim. They were Hecarim. Was it Hecarim? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a game one. Yeah. Where they were running Whippo Zillion? Yeah, Whippo Zillion. That was absolutely garbage. Yeah, it was. <laughs> that shit I was that trash. Yeah, he, it was like they fought, where was it, like by the drag, like above in the blue side? That's where they were fighting, where Boivo had to hold himself because. Oh yeah, it was God. it was drag going into yeah. red side. It was drag going into red side jungle towards the blue buff, and you had fucking because you had Yanko survive with like two HP. He flashed yeah. with the blast cone and fucking escaped somehow. But like, <laughs> I, I I don't blame uh fucking what's his name? Who's the jungler again? Inspired, right? Self made or self made? Oh. That's right. I don't blame self-made for diving one before. I mean, <laughs> you see how fast he was moving? Like, you got to take the chance for the one shot, right? Bro, I love fast horses, man. The pony got to move fast, though. Got to go fast on that champion. I love when I play Hecarim. He's got to go fast. Oh, but overall, I don't like... Okay, so the biggest talking points for Fnatic are always... Not even Reckless and um, freaking... What's his name? Nemesis right now. Or self-made. It's how much Whippo and Hillisang consistently int. But to be fair, <laughs> on Hillisang's part, he didn't really... He didn't play that. He has not been inting that much as people have been making it out to be. He's been playing okay. His pipe game was actually pretty good. I liked it. His I liked it game, overall. His pipe game was pretty good. They got very unlucky, but this pipe game was pretty solid. I mean, but Hillsang's always been known for, like, he would die like 10 times a game, but he would still make plays. So how confident are you guys in G2? And doing well at Worlds, I, I I think they could at least get to the knockout stage this time around. I don't know about getting far as they did last time. That that's crazy though. And I'm a fan of theirs. I'm like, oh, Perks and Mickey X are not as strong as they were last year. They're just not, you know. Zaya's Zaya's not in the meta right now. No, Zaya Kaisa right now. Ezreal's yeah. kind of dropped off too. Z he was he was the he was arguably the best Zaya at Worlds last year. Yeah, yeah. He's arguably also a three trick. So. <laughs> I think the meta is gonna like define it a lot. Yeah, I, I think uh, there was a there was a interview today, but from Hotspawn about uh, Grabs talking about like their chances and he thinks right now if they were to play Worlds, all LEC teams would just get rolled over. Uh, That's gonna happen no matter what, though. I think. <laughs> well, no, he means like not even like getting out of groups. I think is what okay. he's basically saying. I think they're the time that they all have will be good i i mean this is the same exact group i think it's it's i don't think we've ever had an na or an lec team for three years in a row have the exact same team yeah it's very rare you know uh do this like fanatic when they got 3-0 they split up but then mm -hmm. g2 for these past two years um i, I have faith in them uh if fanatic can decide whether they want to just go ham with Whippo and Hilly or if they want to sit back like Nemesis and Reckless want to do. They just have to decide on one thing because mm -hmm. it's like the, the old adage, like five players doing a boneheaded play is better than like three people doing the correct play. You know, My, my thing with Fnatic is that they're all... I don't like to use this as a thing against them, but it always feels to me when I watch them, they're all mental based. Like if, if they feel like they're mentally there doing well, they do better. If they are 
mentally kind of crippled by how much a team is being actually being more proactive, doing better than them around the map, they start playing worse. And it, and it, it's always against G two. They consistently play worse. Now, a lot, a lot of the fanatic fans will say, "Well, they're 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 just always choking against you two. You cannot choke against someone this much. You just suck. You are not better than them." Come on, I'm not. I can't use that excuse anymore for fanatic. You know, but it, it always just feels like when they're not able to out muscle somebody with their better players, they just feel like they can't do it. I don't know. I've always felt this way. I don't know about you guys specifically. That's how I've always seen them though. Hmm. Cap says, how does this year's G2 and Fnatic match up to last year's? I feel G2 had more hype last year. They did, actually. Yeah, yeah they just came off of a MSI win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, well, like, yeah. go, go QJ. All I was going to say is, you know, they kind of haven't really had that momentum that they had last year. Like, I feel like this year with the whole, like, perks, like, you know, having to take that time off with, like, the family mm-hmm. issues, like, kind of, like, downplayed the amount of time that he put into preparing and, you know, making sure that he was where he needed to be. Because remember, they initially made that swap over um, for the first time the other year. And that was something that they prepared prior to it coming into play. And then, you know, now they swap back. Mm -hmm. um, And then they had to kind of, you know, get ready for that swap to come into effect. And that time they took off, you know, of course, affected uh, how seamless that change was. I think for Fnatic, the only thing that they actually have going for them this year that they didn't last year is that last year during playoffs and some of like the end of the season, they were subbing in Dan for Broxa. Uh, we saw that, and the now self-made is like he is their jungler, probably top two jungler in LEC. You know, looking really good. I just think they have a internal communication identity crisis where. Mm-hmm. Two of the members are wanting to do their own thing, and two members are wanting to do the opposite thing. It's not even just that it's their own thing. They want to do the exact opposite. And I think that goes back to what we were talking about in NA, where, like, the NA orgs will, like, just stick to a play style that fits the player's mold. But for Fnatic, they're having troubles with that communication in-game about what they're comfortable doing, like, Reckless still wants to sit back and farm and probably just get to three items, you know. There's a reason why he picks random champions when they're not in meta, like Sivir or something, because it's like comfort and that's what you have to do for that champion to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think for Fnatic, not that they would have liked this, but I think it would have been good for them, like TL, to actually go in through the play-in stage because not only were they they are having like newer players come to the stage with like self-made, um, I think that both of these guys, both of these teams have rookie head coaches, with Mithy being the head coach and then Jat for Team Liquid, uh, and that I think them being able to adapt to that stage and the atmosphere and like the pressure at Worlds would be a whole lot better for them. So I'm. I'm kind of worried about Fnatic if they don't get their stuff together. Uh, I think Rogue trolled in game five by going Draven <laughs> uh, and just, you know, not really like they, they they went all comfort and the Aatrox pick that was like down 40 CS to a Shen. Oh, oh my God. Tragic. Almost got like Flame Horizon. Oh my like, god, Finn, like, how, Finn. How does that happen in a, a professional game? Like Finn's that's just not that good. Uh, dude, I really think Finn's is not that good. I don't know where this hype came from him, but he's just not that good. Well, if he had that one moment where he's like, oh, the 17-year-old. 
<laughs> but like uh, I think he's a really good again we talked about weak side top laners and he does play really good Aatrox and really good Aurelia but I think he played the lane really poorly it's also a champion that is absolute dog in general in my opinion when he's not overtuned he's just really really bad and has mm -hmm. conditional ways of getting into the fight and he, he needs people to run into him and just kind of turbo and it was a pick out of left field if you look at game 5 rogue comp it's like picks for all of them that they feel good on as opposed to Draven, Thresh, the Azir. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And as opposed to what actually works and how you can do this. Cause they made, they made like, I think if they don't troll game five, it doesn't look like they just, you know, got decimated by G2 with the comp. Uh, and then mad, I think actually has one of the most interesting because I think seeing Karzi, Kaiser and especially Shadow, who I think is like their X factor for not just play-ins, but for whatever group they fall into. If he can get an early lead, they can take some games off the of top teams. Hmm. So who else is going for EU? G2 Fnatic, Mad Lions, and Rogue. Rogue. Yeah. How are we feeling about those teams? Good God. I think G2 <laughs> uh, has a good chance of making it out. Um, other than that, I'm not too confident. In like Mad Lions have Shadow and uh, every, like who's who's the support? The Kaiser, right? Kaiser, yeah. You have Kaiser and Shadow. Those are solid players overall. But the problem with Mad Lions is the problem with rookies going to Worlds because people always ask, like for newer people always watching Worlds, is why do certain like rookie teams falter? Because it's like Worlds is a big competition. It's a lot of pressure. Uh, a lot of rookies kind of you know succumb to the pressure and don't play too well. That's kind of just what it is essentially. And some Come players thrive in that. Damn one, yeah. There you go. Some players thrive in it, some players don't. That's just kind of boils down to it's all it's all the pressure. Now, a team like Rogue, I don't even know how they would do at Worlds. That's like uh, that. That's the actual wild card. Some games they look, they look pretty solid. Some games they look like they don't even like. What, what is this? You know, like Larson and Inspired are great. I think they're pretty good players overall. But Hansama, he's only kind of good at like two champions, like exceptionally good at two champions, like Draven, the Lucian. Vander is a good playmaking support, but. When you have a player like Finn losing that hard to people in his own region, what are the LPL top is going to do to this guy? That's that's crazy to think about, you know? Well, the first thing is you don't pick Aatrox at all. Like that <laughs> It's awful. So, also, I mean, it, it's like, it happens. Like, it, I don't think we can just use this, like the, oh, well, you're a pro. That shouldn't be happening. The Flame Horizon is a thing for a reason. <laughs> I mean, it, that happens. But you're not down... 41 CS to 8 or 7 at like 8 minutes in a matchup that the champion smashes. Like Aatrox Shen is like that's, that'd be like that'd be like Bjergsen Zillion being up 45 CS on like Oriana or something like that. Something some chant that has like easy way to wave clear like you know there should be nothing that is contested. It it, it, it was insane. For those of you guys who are watching, we have 11 people watching. Could you please lie, like the video? That way this gets more recommended to people and all you guys here, if you like the video, thank you very much. I love all of you. And don't worry, I will be on Cloud9 one day as their water carrier. <laughs> Just kidding. 
at the LCS as being their water carrier, just their water boy. Here, lit licorice, here's some water after that great game you played. Just that's what I'll be. I'll be the water boy. But um overall, I I, I think G2 are LEC's best shot at doing anything at world so far. Fnatic tilt so easily. You can tell in their gameplay when they are not winning and they're not in the most favorable position they do the most stupidest shit in the world like i remember against team vitality a couple weeks ago they literally 50 50 to baron cons they consistently did this though against for multiple weeks randomly 50 15 baron at 20 minutes in i don't know what that is but that is going to get just exploited at world you, you just can't do these things and people are like well why can't you do these things because diff better teams punish those mistakes harder and differently to the point where you just lose that's why you don't do these things that's why you get all this shit out right now but We'll see how it goes. We will see how it goes. So, did you guys watch the LCK series? Dan wants smacking around Dragon X like a. <laughs> it got smacked around. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Dragon X. God Stormaker, damn. Stormaker and Canyon. That team is just insane. They're almost the equivalent yeah. of like what C9 had, where you forgot, like, what? I think they had four people. Yeah, they had four players. Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. In the all pro team. Except Ruler. Yeah, Ruler got it for the Ruler ADC. Was the only. Like their AC position, but it has to be fan yeah, dude, that has to be fanboyism. Ruler, I like Ruler, I like Genji, but Ruler, this split for no, he's, he's definitely been he's definitely been the best. You don't think Ghost there. was pretty? You don't think Ghost or Def? You would you would have had Deft over him? No, actually, so Ghost to me is underrated. What, is what Triple was talking about earlier. He fits the glue for what Damwon needed last year when they had nuclear. He he ha he was so reliant on Syndra because he would actually just get outplayed on actual eighty carries in his own region. The five man dive with yeah. Uh, Kaisa. Yeah, like what? Uh, but for me, like that series, I won. I I like DRX as a team better, but I was rooting for Damwon because if DRX won, that meant Gen G would have got the two seed. And I didn't want Gen G to get the two seed, bro. Because that, that then, um, then T one could have made it right. T one would have had to play against Damwon in the regional finals. Oh, okay. So mm. then they weren't going to make it there, in my opinion, either. I'm not uh, going to lie, man. There's a lot of T one Western fans. He went up a big fan base. David, that's massive. I like. Yeah. I mean, I like T one, but I like Faker. I I don't. I'm not a T one fan. I like. Okay. Faker. Yeah. However. I do like Dom Juan. I was rooting for Dom Juan last year, and uh, they got fucking smacked. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. Dom Juan was what uh, TSM are saying. They, are, they were consistently doing something else nobody wanted to do. They were consistently all on the wrong page. But they were all good individually, though, so you knew it was there. You knew it was there. And it finally took them only a year to get a title. I'm proud of them, actually. They're the best team so far in the LCK. I think they... I think... Honestly, I'd put them at probably third best in the world behind like top and uh, what is yeah, it? That's gonna be a good match. Top versus damn one. Yeah, top yeah. Top versus top I, versus damn one. I want to see. Oh man, that's that's me. Such a good matchup. Knight versus Canyon. Yeah. It can't get any better than that. Or not. Knight, Knight versus Showmaker. Showmaker, right? Yeah. Knight yeah. versus Showmaker. Knight versus Showmaker. Canyon versus Carsa. Three. Oh, oh my God. Let's. I want worlds to happen now, dude. Like all the yeah. hype matchups I'm seeing. Yeah, Imagine. I don't want to do that till, till I because I, I think both of those that's going to be a semifinal matchup because both of them I think get first in their group regardless of who else is in their group unless JDG somehow gets into um, Dom Juan's group. JDG, uh, Ken V, Yagao, Jackie Love, and QQ, right? That team. 
No, no, no. That uh, Jackie loves on T. Uh, Todd. Oh, Todd is yeah. Loken. Loken. Loken, Lumal, and uh, Zoom topping. Do you guys think Yagao is the weakest mid laner for the LPL going over at least Angel? It's Angel Shea. Um, Yagao's better yeah. than Angel. I yeah, your gal's yeah. better Angel's than Angel. Solid. Angel's pretty solid, but yeah, your gal is actually better. Your gal's better yeah. than Angel. I think he's right there with GA, but GA had like some really great performances coming on the back end of uh, their like playoffs. And mm-hmm. Knight's obviously the best player in the world. So I just think it's insane because you know, so I'm a mid lane player myself. Um, and like the craziest thing about it is like I've followed these mids for years now before they even hit like the professional scene. Like, just, like, in, like, the LCK, like, solo queue ladder and shit. And I remember, like, back in Season 7, Season 8, like, when I, like, first started playing, like, ranked, there was, like, so many videos of people being, like, oh, there's this player, Knight, in, like, LCK. Like, he's, like, just crazy prodigy on, like, the LCK ladder and, like, just hyping him up and stuff. Same thing with, like, Mikal. What's that? Yeah, the right hand of God, as they called him in the LCK (laughs) Yeah, yeah Juan Fang. Juan Fang is insane. Yeah. Because people, people always kind of meme on the LPL players being mechanically gifted. If you actually watch the reason, because, you know, most people are going to dude, I can guarantee you when people have predictions out there online, they'll say Faker is the best mid. I guarantee you it will happen. They will say Faker is the best mid. <laughs> I mean, maybe a couple of years ago. Like, I mean, even Chobi, <laughs> mechanically Chobi in a 1v1 situation last year, Chobi was a better mechanical mid laner. However, if I if you asked me who I would want on the team, I would have still picked Faker. Yeah, but if you, because if you of a team team point those cohesion. people towards me, because if anyone's saying that Faker, the guy who's been benched for over four and a half weeks for closer, <laughs> by the way, tonight Faker's starting, but oh. they benched, they benched Teddy and they benched um, Wait, what 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 yeah. They Wait, must want to lose. Teddy, Teddy, is like, Teddy is like Teddy's literally one of the best ADCs in and the world. They, they also they, benched. They also benched Cuz. What? Who's the ADC playing? What the fuck? Teddy was their <laughs> their most consistent player. Uh, Whoa, hold on. I mean, besides maybe. This is hold on. They announced this. Oh, no, Teddy no, no, no. is benched. I so so last this. night, last night on uh, LCK broadcast when it was uh, Valdez and Wadid, <laughs> Wadid. Leaked the rumors, and oh, then after, and then uh, LS today after his show with Degon and uh, Dom said that T1's going to be running the leaked roster, and this uh, Yuma Gaussi, I think his name is, or Yuma Gaussi, something oh, like that. Oh, right, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The yeah. yeah he that, is, that guy's actually insane, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. He is touted within the T1 organization as being the most mechanically gifted player in the entire org. Uh, Dude, that's so, a lot of pressure on these guys. I play with this guy. Yeah. He's an AD so player. He's, oh, wait, yeah, he's ADC. ADC. What was that? Triple? Okay. What was that? Triple I, play, I play with these Vayne and Sulky before. This guy is insane. Really? Yeah. yeah don't Triple's giving us the inside scoop <laughs> right now. He's like, he's going to Worlds, guys. You just don't know it. Well, I, mean, I mean, they all do. What's he going to pick game one? He picks Vayne game one? No. I have them winning the series, but Oh yeah, I, I have them winning against Africa. I just it'll be interesting to see how good they all look. Dude, it's Gen-G, bad for Genji. Yeah. Like uh, I love Genji, man, but their kryptonite 
they're literally what Fnatic actually is to G2. They only, because even Faker said it, he said Gen.G are good, but they generally just choke against us. We don't even know what they, like, there was, I remember it was a couple games ago, it was like last split. Why is Clid going for a river invade when you literally see BDD recalling? What do you, what? What is that? Like, it's just clearly stuff they would never do against other teams, but they only do it against T1. Yeah. So if T1 get to the finals against Gen.G, I got T1 going to Worlds again. Because T1, I've consistently beaten Gen.G, and Gen.G have consistently choked against T1. I'm kind of worried, though, because they just got fucking clapped by Afrika a couple. But then again, it could be just like what happened with Fnatic and G2, where Fnatic absolutely fucking smashed G2 and then yeah. come back. And then I mean, I, I actually think that SKT or T1, excuse me, they've actually never made it through the gauntlet when they've had the chance, though, through the gauntlet runs. Every time that they've gone to Worlds, it's been like one or two seed. Yeah. And when they did the gauntlet run the one time, that was, I think, Samsung going in place of them, one of the Samsungs. Uh, or it was maybe- Najin, right? Yeah, Nigel yeah. Nigel, Nigel, uh, oh, Nigel White Shield. Oh, what a blast in the past with Gorilla. Yeah. Oh, but you know, I kind of, I kind of want to see Gen G go only <laughs> for the sake of it would be cool to see Gen G and TL in the same group, so Core could go up against Ruler and Lane. But that's the only thing yeah. I want to see T one. I think having mm-hmm. Baker there solidifies the mid pool as the must watch role. But the the issue here with I, I don't really mind the changes. The issue here is you're throwing these players into the deep end. Like, if these guys fail at the moment, that's like, it's a lot of pressure on the new guys, though, to play really well. But I think this is when you should do it. You're against Afrika and not Genji. Yeah. So yeah. if there was a team that I would be like, well, you know, fuck it, let's, let's sub in some people, it would be against Afrika and not Genji. When yeah, you're or like KT or, you know, any, any of the other ones. Sure. <laughs> yeah. KT. KT, why were they even in qualifying for the gauntlet? Oh my god. Was... Yeah, they lost to Afrika last night. God, they're such a joke. They got clapped. I mean, yeah. it's the same as freaking why we like why NA had eight teams in playoffs. Why? Like, why, why? The fuck are there eight? But, it, but it's like they got the right idea in spring six. And why is it more suddenly for summer? Wouldn't it be more for spring if it doesn't matter? And that's six for like summer? No, because the, the idea is that, you know, one, Without eight teams, you wouldn't have had the eliminations the way that we had it. You would have actually had, uh, like, Team TSM or, or, like, it actually would have been whatever the fifth and sixth seats would have been in the bottom part of the bracket and Liquid and Cloud9 would have played first round, so. Dude, yeah. in the old system, Cloud9 would have gotten to Worlds. Well, wouldn't they have? They would have they gotten auto. auto. They would have auto. auto. No, yeah, they would have auto qualified, actually. Yeah, Fly would have all qualified because they were second and second. TSM <laughs> would have been that, and then Cloud9 and TL would fight for third in the gauntlet. So the last thing I want to touch on before we close out this episode, what was great, I do want to say thank you all to everyone who's been, who's been on here. Uh, this was TSM fans' first time. Obviously, he's an OP TSM fan, so if you ever see him, he will literally destroy you if you say Bjergsen's the worst mid laner. Just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> One of, of, these weeks, of these weeks, we got to do Bjergsen versus Jensen. That has gotten even more better with Bjergsen beating Jensen. But to be fair, Jensen played well in that series, though. Jensen played great. It's just that, you know, sometimes Bjergsen gets the... Like, Bjergsen's all my Jensen's endeavor. It's, it's how it's going to be for right now, you know? One day, Jensen might be the number one hero when Bjergsen retires from the LCS. <laughs> and <I'll> I, <laughs> I will say that I hate this narrative because I feel like it's been unfair for Jensen since he's come 
here to be constantly compared to just another Danish mid laner mm-hmm. who you know was supposed to be mechanically gifted and everything. Um, I Jensen has four titles of his own, you know, so and he is good in his own right. His Zillion game, obviously, if you just compare them side to side, game four to game five, the better Zillion is obviously Bjergsen, but it's not like he doesn't know how to play the champion. He played the Zillion Kindred with Cloud9 all those years. But, you know, I, I'm just, I'm really tired of it. I just wish, like, we should be able to appreciate both of them in their own for right. how good they are, yeah. Because uh, they're both going to Worlds for us now. And if you're, if you're hung up on Bjergsen being better than Jensen, Bobby. and then Team Liquid somehow get out of groups and TSM does it, does it really fucking matter at the end of the day which individual player is better? No, it doesn't. They both have to fill the role that their team asked them to do, and they both can do it really well. But, it, dude, I, I think I was arguing someone through Reddit. They were like, Bjergsen's better. I was like, here, I raised you MSI 2019 finals. Give me something Bjergsen's done in the last two years old internationally. He's just silent. I've, it's been a week since I got a reply from this guy. <laughs> it's, it's, <just laughs> it's also <laughs> Reddit. It's not necessarily the hive mind of intelligence. Yeah, yeah, I was like, dude, come on. Like, I love Bjergsen, but you got to show me something internationally, man. Like, you, you got to. You're so good, you got to do that. Because not to be not to write on Bjergsen, but Jensen's feats will be remembered more internationally. It's just how it's going to work, though. But if Bjergsen does something internationally in the next well, – this year or next year, then the, it can be on the level of that. But international performances throughout how the game will structure will matter more in the context of how history of the game has gone. People don't care for North American titles. They just don't. Unless, you know, as actual teams here do that, you know. But but, but it's – I mean, it's – that those comparisons will never go away. Uh, yeah, you're right, you're right. Fan, <laughs> you're right. I mean, yeah. Jordan LeBron comparisons get brought up every damn day. Well, that, that, that's the only problem. Jordan and LeBron never played against each other, though. You know, so, like, that, that's generational differences in metas. That's like comparing Xpeke to Knight. That would be, like, a weird thing. Like, like no one would ever do that. Faker's the only one that's, like, transcended that. He's, like, the Kobe, you know, because he's been there for all of the time. But... He's also I the, do I remember the hype matches when I was a kid? Kobe versus LeBron. That was that was some epic shit to watch. But good, yeah. obviously, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant, and rest in peace, Trevor Bozeman. Uh, great people that have left us this year. And the last thing I want to touch on is nothing because this episode was great. <laughs> Any, anything you guys want to add? You guys want to add in anything? Because eventually, before World starts, or maybe a couple weeks, we'll do our, uh, if you guys want to, our top 20 players for Worlds, top 10 teams for the World Championship, things like that. If you guys want to take a few weeks, Prepare the list. Oh, watch the mods of the LPL, LCK, LCS. You know, Pearson number one, Spicka number two. Obviously, Broken Blade number three. All TSM players top five in the world. Come on. I mean, it, you know. <laughs> if there is an NA player on the top 20 list, I and it's not core, maybe, I'll be really surprised. Hmm. You, oh, I forgot. You, you guys can't have your honorable mentions. Oh, but la- last thing. Don't forget, Corey JJ got MVP. So congrats to Corey JJ winning two MVPs. Uh, people just said, well, why did Core JJ got MVP, but Bjergsen just beat this guy? It's like, that's just how these things go. Like, someday got, someday robbed. was robbed. robbed. <laughs> yeah, robbed. <laughs> like, someday lost to Licorice, and people say he should have been all pro, and they got beaten by Licorice. It's like, guys, these things happen. Randomly, the player will get the award, and then he loses. It's, it's just... A- it's also a regular season. It's a regular season yeah. award. Just yeah. like people have complaints about NBA MVP all the time. Uh, it's a yeah. regular season award. Like, and yeah, that's, that is what it is. I will say, though, this format change made it to where I believe this is the first time 
that the first place team had, like first place team in regular season had rookie of the split, coaching staff of the split, MVP, and they didn't make finals. Oh, Ryan, you're a jerk. Hopefully, hopefully, Jeffrey can beat T1 again. That'd be hilarious. Imagine beating them. I would. I would be sad. That'll be. I watch worlds. Yeah. <laughs> I watch worlds. But if Afrika make it to worlds again, I put them in the group for, with T1. Please with uh, TSM. Please. please. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my. Uh, like what? Okay, so this this is a wild prediction that we're gonna end it off. How many games do you guys actually think NA will win at worlds? I'm gonna say the max is three. You mean like in total? All Total. Three I'm saying three. Yeah, it's gonna like be more I said, than that. I, like I said, I actually have a team making it out. I think one team will make it out for sure. If I'm being a wild card guy to pick a team to make it out, FlyQuest might have a good shot. FlyQuest might have a shot. I think FlyQuest get rolled. No offense, and it, it, it's it's because of <laughs> Solo and Ignore. <laughs> it's only because Triple's here. <laughs> no, 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 no. See you in Solo Q, bro. Dude, they're going to triple over Power View. Imagine if FlyQuest make the best of fives and they sub in triple I'm playing, over. Man. I'm not even going to this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to that shit. Uh, I, I just, I think the that. Got to put in triple. Dude, yeah. Power People sucking uh, against like Sooning in the best of five triple. You're up against Angel Man. Hey, Dude, go yeah, for can it. you imagine SOFM and Long Jing just like, you know, destroying Solo on the top side? Like, he has to be at his tier two. At any given moment, dude, SOFM is just actually insane. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, yeah, SOFM yeah. is actually insane. Bro, so if you have not watched, no, if you, if you guys have not watched SOFM, watch this guy. This guy's actually insane. Like, yeah. Ken V's insane. Oh my god, think about it now. That why isn't it going to worlds? <laughs> but who knows? Because Ryan made the game in their, their major region, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, well major region. <laughs> But I'll see you guys later. Um, if, if we don't come back next week, because this is every single Monday, we'll come back the following Monday with our top 20 players to go to Worlds and the following week, the top 10 player, the top 10 teams for the World Championship. Obviously, I'm going to predict TSN to win Worlds. Hey, you heard it here. For, you heard it here first. Redmond will go in against Dan Juan, against taking Robertson's spot. <laughs> TSN fans like, no, please, no. I don't, know, I don't know what planet this guy's living on. Watch, yeah, watch yeah, Lena, <laughs> watch Lena play ADC with Biofrost. Just... <laughs> Support double lift. You know they, they're only allowed two subs, and I'm pretty sure it's not going to be Lena and Reggie. So, <laughs> hey Triple, are you still uh, are you still in uh, in Diamond? What's up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in I'm in D1 permanence now, so I'll see you soon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. oh yeah. Okay. There you go. There you there. go. Yeah, uh, no, I haven't played in about like a week. <laughs> <laughs> dude, same here. I'm, I'm, dude, not playing league like a week makes makes you so rusty. Yeah. Have you not played in like a couple weeks? You're just but bro. I was I was literally running it down in some games. I was like, forgive me. I'm just not good. And then a couple of games I got warmed up. Once you get warmed up, you're back into it. But it's like after not playing league for like a few weeks, it's like, God damn, I suck. It's I put a knock on I am. one playing with D four and flat ones. It's a fun life. All right, guys. See you guys later. Thank you to Shinri for coming on. He, you're in the Navy, aren't you? You actually told me that. Thanks. For, thank you for serving the country, man. Thank you. It means oh, yeah. a lot, obviously. You know, can I get some of your military benefits? Some free college? You know. <laughs> man, I'm not even using mine. What? <laughs> yeah, at least. Yeah. Don't thank, be like me. <laughs> thank you to thank you to old OPTSM fan. He's always repping TSM no matter what. Thank you, man, for showing up. Thank you, Triple, for always being here, man. FlyQuest is gonna go to the world. So at least you can get your consolation prize. Get win a trophy, but hey, you know, 
<laughs> we'll see you at Worlds. Uh, QJ, thank you all for being here, man. Uh, always rep, rep, repping TSM. I told you, man, Cloud9, we're going to destroy TSM this year in the spring. There's the asterisk there. <laughs> see you guys later. Goodbye. Yeah, see, see you next. See you not later. next week. See you not next week, the week after, for our top 20 players heading into Worlds. Peace out, guys. Roger. See you later. Goodbye.